Hello, everybody, and welcome to Socks on Tap. I am Tony Marchese. I am joined by Andrew Kinsler. Andrew, we have a White Sox winner to talk about tonight. The White Sox defeat the New York Yankees by a final score of 5-4. to four. What are your thoughts? Tony, it's uh, always great being on here with you, and it's always great whenever we're here to talk about a White Sox winner. And, I mean, what a great one we had. So a 5-4 to four win over those dreaded New York Yankees, um, you know, they always have quite a bit of attention surrounding them. Always seems like the ballpark's a little more full there. Always seems like the highlights are played uh, more in terms of on a national on a national scale whenever we play them. So really, just great to see them. Uh, you know, really keep the keep the wi- keep the winning momentum going from their last win on Tuesday and you know hopefully we go in this weekend with another chance to get back at 500 we've talked about that quite a bit yes we have and you are correct when you say that it seems like this is more of a national stage for the White Sox the Yankees always bring that and yes you're right again the ballpark seems a little bit more full for a Thursday night that's probably the most full I've ever seen the ballpark yet this season um maybe the disco demolition t-shirt gave away uh help those pump those numbers a little bit but I think the New York Yankees just draw everywhere they go so um, I'll probably credit the New York Yankees being in town with with most of the people showing up here Uh, but anytime that the White Sox can beat the Yankees at night if there's another team besides the Chicago Cubs that uh, I feel like most people um, not even just White Sox fans but most people who are fans of baseball want to see their team beat it's the New York Yankees and that's exactly what the White Sox did tonight in a game that it, in the early stages did not seem like the White Sox were going to do a uh, couple cl- uh, clutch plays um, from the White Sox here to get back in this ball game and eventually take the lead. Uh, but let's first jump into a few little things here. Uh, Yohan Moncada still out of the White Sox lineup, so an interesting lineup put together today by Ricky Renteria. Uh, had to insert Jose Rondon back at third base. You saw Alonzo getting back in the lineup at DH. Um, Eloy Jimenez back up into the fifth spot, which is something that uh, I don't think it was you and I. I think it was Buzz and myself were talking about uh, how to how to get Eloy Jimenez some more at bats. Um, so he's been batting up in the order out of that six seven spot. Uh, like seeing that, and then you had Tim Anderson up in the two hole where Moncada normally uh, has been hitting most of the time, but. All around, that lineup today looked pretty solid. And then we had Mr. Nova on the mound today uh, against J.A. Happ. And Nova, he looked all right today. Um, he got touched up a little bit in the beginning stages of this ballgame, went five and two-thirds, gave up six hits, four runs, all of them earned. 
Uh, only walked two, struck out five. He did give up a homer, but pretty decent outing, I guess you can say, from, from Nova, kind of what we expect. Uh, any thoughts on Nova's start? I'd say that's not really even what we'd expect. I mean, there's times where you don't really even know what you're going to get out of Ivan Nova whenever you see his name on that lineup card to start a game. But this was about all that we could really hope that he could give us um, on on this night's game. Uh, so, as you mentioned, kind of a rough start earlier. So he did give up those two runs in the second. I believe it was on a passed ball and then an RBI single by Clinton Frazier. So on the passed ball, um, it really takes a lot for the ball to get past James McCann. So, um, you know, I saw James McCann set up inside for the pitch and Nova decided to go way outside on that. So rough to see that. But um, and then after the two run bomb by Brett Gardner in the fourth inning, he really did hold his own. He got partway through the sixth before handing the ball over to Josh Ochich, who uh, then got a quick out there via the fly out. Um, so really good stuff from him. I mean, it's just good to see him be able to battle back like that, hold his own, uh, just give us some chance to win there. But then the bullpen the rest of the way was absolute nails. Um, been seeing more of the same from Evan Marshall. He went one inning scoreless. Saw great things out of Kelvin Herrera. So he pitched like the guy that um, we thought he would be when we signed him this offseason. So he gave up the one hit, but the rest of that was perfect, man. Three strikeouts, and then congrats to Aaron Bummer for earning his first career save. Yeah, I was I was really shaky when we went to Kelvin Herrera. Um, I, was, I was hoping that we would see Bummer in that spot. Just because, as we've discussed on this podcast, regardless of who the host is, Kelvin Herrera has not looked the same since that 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 back injury he suffered and never went to the IL floor. And tonight was kind of back to the Kelvin Herrera that we saw at the beginning of the season. And and you mentioned the guy that we thought we were going to get when we signed him. Um, big time here for him, especially very high leverage situation. Uh, one run ball game, eighth inning. Uh, against the New York Yankees. That's a powerful lineup, any way you look at it. And he got the job done. So um, I'm I'm hoping that he is back on track because if you add him to that mix of Bummer, Marshall, and Calame, that just gives you one more option in those high-leverage situations to get the job done. And I know Ricky's been throwing him out there in some of these situations still, even though it's been a little bit shaky. Um this is a momentum build, especially against him. You got to know that he's gonna take this and continue on this path because the confidence is back after you shut down the New York Yankees. And like you said, congrats to Aaron Bummer. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this choice to go to Aaron Bummer in the ninth inning. Um, I also didn't think that this was gonna happen. I know I advocated for giving Bummer or Evan Marshall a chance at the ninth inning under the pretense that. Colum a can't go in the ninth. Well, we're coming off an off day here. Um, I didn't hear anything about Colum A's availability heading into this. Are you surprised that they went with Aaron Bummer here? I'm not surprised. So the only thing I guess I would be surprised about is um, he was coming off a rough outing against the Nationals. Uh, he just did not look like himself in Tuesday night's game. But 
I do like that, you know, at least Ricky Renneria has some faith in these guys. Um, and he was able to kind of let, let Aaron Bummer prove himself again, uh, just to let him get back on track and in a really important situation. So a one run ball game late against a very good offense. So, I mean, I'm surprised, but, you know, there is the fact that Alex Colome threw, I think it was the most pitches he's thrown in his career. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's what happened. And just with how their workloads aren't really accustomed to really having that many pitches, um, I'm fine with him having the extra day off, especially with, you know, these three games going into the weekend in a row. And then I think um, we, we don't have another off day until Wednesday. So we're going to have a lot of games back-to-back. We're going to need Alex Colome. So I think it was the right move. What do you think? You know, I think it was the right move only because it worked. <laughs> I think we'd all be <laughs> I think we'd all be discussing, why did we go to Bummer in the ninth after he, he looked shaky in his last appearance? Um, you know, I, I, I think that it was a bit of a gamble, but it did pay off. And sometimes you have to take those gambles, and you're right. Um, long stretch of games here. We've got a bunch of teams in a row that are all over 500, all good, all good ball clubs that we're going to be facing here for the next little while. So, you know, getting, getting Aaron Bummer that, that taste of the ninth inning was, uh, was something I think eventually was going to happen. Um, I'm surprised though, that it was Bummer before it was Marshall. Um, just how shut down Evan Marshall has been this year, um, I was surprised that he didn't get the first crack at it. Uh, I was happy that it wasn't Calvin Herrera. I think I would have been a little bit more nervous. I think I would have, you know, maybe drank an extra beer there just to get through <laughs> that inning. Uh, but you know, I'm 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 happy with the result tonight, and I think that this was good. The one thing that I don't want this to be, and I saw a little bit of rumblings of this on Twitter, is is this preparation for when Alex Calame gets traded. Um, how the how the back end of the bullpen is going to look. And I don't want that to be the case. I mean, here we are, a game, again, away from 500, uh, beating a, a, a good ball club, a solid Yankees team. And, you know, games like this should propel you. Games like this should keep the momentum going. It should be a momentum builder. It should be a confidence builder for this team. I don't want this to be Ricky Renteria and Rick Hahn you know, if this was a Rick Hahn decision telling Ricky Renteria, hey, try out Aaron Bummer. Let's see how we look. I've got a trade offer on the table for, for Alex Calame. Let's see how this goes. That's what I don't want this to be because I want the stocks to stick with me. I think I've, I've, I've laid that out <clears throat> on the line enough. It's socks on tap with the blog yeah. in Shy Socks Week. Um, if you haven't listened to the episode that we just did on Shy Socks Weekly with, with Clinton Cole from Future Socks, a uh, really good episode. But we did discuss this whole situation about trading Alex Calame. I love having these bullpen options at the back end. This is awesome. I don't think we've had this many guys that bridge that 6th, 7th, 8th, and that's what I said, you know, having Kelvin Herrera in there, when you can go 1, 2, 3, 4 on a Nova start, when you can't really expect him to go deep into a ball game, these are important. You know, and then you can roll into tomorrow, um, and we'll talk about it a little bit tomorrow, but, you know, you go into a Giolito game, and then you only have to use one of these guys if he can make it to the seventh, eighth inning, and then go to Calame and shut it down again. I mean, this just it's a, it's a well-formulated plan. It's a well-oiled machine. Just keep it rolling. I mean, you've seen a lot of these playoff teams over the past few years, Andrew. They've got bullpens that can end games early, and that's what the Sox have right now. Um, you know, I, I saw something on Twitter 
I don't know if you follow him, but P. Knowles from Sox Machine was talking about how the Sox have actually had a decent run of closers. Uh, Soria last year was great, you know, to start the year. Um, before that, you know, we've got guys like Robertson in here and, and some of these other guys that have closed ball games for the Sox. They're not exactly bad. When you go and look at their numbers, they're good. But what they didn't have around them was supporting casts all year that can shut stuff down. And when I when I say that, they didn't have four guys that you can trust in those last four innings. Yeah, we saw Swarzak. Yeah, we've seen a few other options that, that have been traded away. But I don't feel like we've had anything this locked down. Maybe the stats can go. If we look at stats, maybe you could prove me wrong on this. But it just seems like when we go Marshall, Bummer, even throw Herrera's name in there like we did today and Calame. We've got that playoff type bullpen, and I think that that's important. Yeah, so I agree with pretty much everything you've said there. So I'll first touch on you know how we do have this good surrounding group of bullpen arms here, and I think a lot of it has really stemmed from the struggles that um, Kelvin Herrera has like gone through overall this season because it really almost gave an open tryout to guys saying, hey, if you want to stick here at uh, uh, the uh, like major league level and you know if you want these chances at towards the end of these games, they're here for you. They're open for the taking. So come and take them. I always say that uh, you know like competition always breeds you know the best results out of players. And the only way that we would have been able to see what these guys like Marshall and um, Aaron Bummer have is just because they've just simply been given the chance to do so and they've made the most of it. So, And then to go back to your point about not wanting it to be a tryout for a potential Alex Colomay trade, me and you talked about this. I want to say it was a Sox on tap a week or two ago. I said the exact same thing in that um, if we trade Colomay, that just moves everyone back one step. So so then someone's got to then take over the closer role. Someone's got to take up the setup man role. So it just shifts everything forward where things are pretty good right now. You know, we're right around 500. Let's see what we can do here. But um, yeah, I mean, especially with the factor that Alex Colome isn't more so just for this year as much as he is for next year. And then even more so further down the line when we will be competitive, which we will be more and more each year. Um, I think next year we really do have a great shot at the playoffs. And instead of having to sign a, a new guy, you know, why go and trade him away? It's like we've it's like we've already hit the bullseye. So why try to trade or sign a few more throws when we, we already have the bullseye given? We don't need any more darts to throw. Yep, I, I'm right there with you. Um, I know the counterpoint argument to all this, if I was going to play devil's advocate, is you can't guarantee success next year for Alex Colomay. You can't guarantee success for anybody. Um, and that's that's just a given in baseball. You see stuff shift year to year. Look at the year that Joey Votto's having this year, man. It, it's it's you know He's a proven guy out there this year looking like crap. Um, you know, you've, you've seen this with tons of guys, you know, everybody has a career year every now and then, but Calame is a pretty, um, uh, I wouldn't call him a tier a closer in the game of baseball. I'd give him maybe tier B. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's not Araldis Chapman. He's not Craig Kimbrell, but he has closed ball games for numerous teams. He's done it with great success. 
He's had his he's had to take his lumps, but right now he looks like he is in the midst of um, one of the better years, and, and hopefully this continues into next year and in, in an even more competitive year when you supplement that rotation with some of these guys coming back. But before we go too far into the rabbit hole of discussing the White Sox future, let's talk about what the offense did today. Um, big time clutch hit from Tim Anderson uh, to get the Sox tied here. Big home run for driving in the three runs to tie the ball game. Um, this was great to see from Timmy. He's been struggling a little bit at the plate, you know, slipping in the all-star vote and everything. Um, I don't think any of us like to see that, but putting him up into that two spot, Timmy had a great game. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Timmy. Yeah. So that was a great fifth inning there for the White Sox offense. So they got all four of those runs back that like they were trailing. So as you said, just really great to see that out of Tim Anderson. So that was Buzz's pick to click before he uh, almost accidentally switched to Yonder Alonso. So credit Johnny Nani with the assist there for him keeping his pick, and uh, he'll get one for the scoreboard there on that. But like I was saying, great fifth inning there. So um, we did miss a very opportune scoring chance in the fourth inning. Um, Jose Rondon either struck out or popped out with the bases loaded there, but in that inning, you saw J.A. Happ loses control quite a bit there. Um, he was walking, guys. So I want to say he walked Eloy on five pitches, and he walked Yonder on four right before that. So um, then in the start of the very fifth inning there, um, Yolmer Sanchez draws a, a leadoff walk, which um, it was the bottom of that order that really started that rally there. So it was Yolmer with the walk, and then... Ryan Cordell actually took a 0-2 pitch to like right field. He didn't try to do too much. And it's stuff like that that really led to the rally. So then we saw the double by Larry Garcia and then just Tim absolutely crush a ball. So that was really great. I mean, it just showed that this team was really resilient. The offense really wanted it uh, today. And then, um, so yeah, as we said, hats off to Timmy. That was really great to see out of him. Um, with his struggles, I'm not sure if you had any other thoughts on that or the offense as a whole. Well, I, there's one other guy I want to touch on, and I'll get to him in just a second. I want to close the book here on Tim Anderson. Um, I hope that this is the start of another stretch for Tim Anderson where he starts to put some balls out of the ballpark. We've seen that power kind of decrease a little bit. Um, as we always like to say, you know, when, when it's summertime in Chicago, the ball can fly out of the, out of this field. That home run was hit over 400. And I'm going to parlay this into something else here real quick. He absolutely murdered that ball. Uh, when I was at the ballpark Tuesday night with Johnny and, and our guy Jake, and we were sitting over in the 108, and Eloy Jimenez absolutely murdered a baseball. Just think about how much farther that ball went than the ball that Tim Anderson murdered today. Holy shit. It was crazy. You know, it's just crazy. I'm just thinking about it right now. It was it, that home run that Tim Anderson hit put it into perspective how far that ball that Eloy hit the other night was. Um, I just had to bring that up because it was it, it came up in conversation when I was watching this game um, as to how much farther that ball flew for Eloy than it did for Tim. And and Tim's got that power, man. When he puts when he puts the barrel of the bat on that ball, man, it flies. And going to going to deep center field, man, that's not easy in any ballpark. Um, 
So that was good to see. I, I, I hope to see more home runs from Tim Anderson over the course of this series, uh, especially against the Yankees. It's always good to see your 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 big time players, you know, pick up the slack. You got Yohan Makata out of the lineup tonight. Um, Tim Anderson kind of fulfilled that duty up at the top of the order tonight, and it was great to see. Um, but the other guy I want to talk about is Johnny's pick to click. And I feel like it should just be his pick to click every night because <laughs> the way that the way that Johnny Nani loves Lou Ray Garcia, um, I think it just should just be his default pick to click. He shouldn't it's even more go than a man crush it, at this. It's, point. it's more than a man crush. You know, the funniest thing was when we were there the one day, um, and you were at this game too, and he wanted to go down and hold up his Garcia jersey <laughs> yeah. to get to get uh, Lou Ray to notice him. You know, it was almost like you know, like that that high school crush. Where you know you're trying so hard to get this girl to notice you, and that was Johnny trying to get to get Lou Ray to notice him as waved the Garcia jersey into the wind, and I, I feel like he was sad when when Lou Ray did just ran right by and he didn't much get, like yeah he didn't get the I mean point. but much like my attempts back in the day in high school uh, it didn't work failed miserably so we're gonna find a way to get Johnny and Lou Ray at some point to like you know get a picture together I think it'll be good for, it needs to happen it, it needs it's, to happen we're all waiting yeah so Garcia coming up big um, game-winning home run in the seventh inning uh, in one of the best at bats I've seen from a White Sox player this year he absolutely battled um, in that, in that at bat and finally got it to a point where he could drive a ball. I didn't think it was gone off the bat. It looked like it was just going to be a gapper maybe up against the wall and the ball just carried, like we just said, I mean, the ball just carries out of this ballpark. Um, I'm sure Johnny was, was thrilled at the ballpark. He probably, uh, dancing around, probably dancing around. And I don't know if he was in a Garcia Jersey, but he was probably one happy human, uh, as, uh, as they like to say on the Hawks broadcast when he hit that ball out of the ballpark. Uh, and that run held up. Like we talked about the bullpen already. They ended up shutting the game down. Um, and this is another one of those games where you hold the opponent to under four runs. The White Sox offense knows how to put runs on the board. Those things were clicking. And the White Sox won via the long ball today. Um, home runs are cool and tough, man. Yeah, they sure are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's all I had to say about tonight's game other than one last piece of kudos. I uh, wanted to give that to the pitching staff once more. So they really handled the top of the Yankees order very well. So, I mean, this is a great offense. But uh, one through four with the Yankees. So DJ LeMahieu, Aaron Hicks, um, Luke Voigt, and uh, Gary Sanchez, they went a combined 0 for 16. Um, only reached base once on one walk by DJ LeMahieu. So... Pretty impressive stuff there from the pitching staff. Um, I, I mean, I guess that only means that the guys five through nine really picked it up for the Yankees. But either way, those are four very good hitters here um, at the highest level. So that's really impressive stuff to see. So I'm ready to talk about tomorrow. Are you? Uh, you know what? I think you might want to say the the the, the probables for tomorrow because I don't know if I'm allowed to talk I got about that who's who's, uh, oh, who's talking about the who's, who's starting the game tomorrow. So for the Yankees, um, so for game two of the series, the Yankees have left-handers CC Sabathia going up against Lucas Giolito. So uh, yeah, you aren't allowed to enjoy the start tomorrow. Uh, that's the rules made on White Sox Twitter. I don't come up with them. I just enforced them, um, so <laughs> you are not allowed to watch that. But uh, 
Anyway, CC Sabathia coming in at three and three with a three point nine six ERA and forty seven strikeouts. Lucas Giolito been wheeling and dealing as of late, which that's something I want to talk about and how it relates to tomorrow's game. But very impressive nine and one record with a two point two eight ERA with eighty nine strikeouts. Um, what are your thoughts on this? I'll let you talk to it before I kind of get into it. Some of the things I wanted to say about it. So this is taboo, but uh, I'm hoping that we see more of the Lucas Giolito that we've seen all year. Um, no shit. You know it's you know it's incredible, man. I I, I love when uh, when we have good pitching. Um, you, you you might think it's the opposite. Uh, Lucas Giolito has just absolutely flipped the script on everybody's expectations this year. I think we all know that. And he shows no signs of slowing down. I mean, you've heard comments that other teams have made about, you know, how they expect him to continue to dominate. Uh, here's the the tough part about this is I don't think that Lucas Giolito has faced a team like the Yankees. Um, I know he's faced formidable opponents. Um, it, don't get me wrong. I, I I know we can get into you know people that he shut down over the course of this year so far that may have arguably better lineups than the Yankees. But you, know, you you get Gary Sanchez in some of these lineups, and you know Glaber Torres is no slouch. Frazier's no slouch. Gregorius, you know that you can go down this lineup. They're they're they know how to hit the ball. Um, I don't expect Lucas Giolito to be as shut down as he has been all year. Um, runs can only last so long. But um, I think that he gives the White Sox a very, very good chance to go up 2-0 in this series. Um, better than anybody else. I feel like this is a perfect time for him to be pitching here. Going up against CC Sabathia. Sabathia, the, uh, the trusty veteran in that Yankees rotation, he is going to have a good game himself. This is going to be one of those games where it could be very low scoring. Um, I say that now, and I, I think everybody should probably take the over. Uh, but, you know, it is it is one of those games where you're really looking forward to this pitching matchup. Yeah, so I agree with you. I think this will be a very good pitching matchup. Um, I do believe going into this it will be low scoring. So um, the thing Definitely I have to say about over. Definitely take the over. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're talking to you, Shy Sox, Jonda. Um, so the one thing I have to say about this. So in the stretch of really – the stretch of like seven games where he's been just on a complete tear. Um, you know, obviously it's great to see him do it against any MLB team at the end of the day. These are the cream of the crop of like baseball players in the world. So, you know, any competition is good, but if you look at the teams he's faced, it's been the Toronto blue Jays twice. It's been Kansas city twice. It's been Cleveland twice. Um, and then the one against Houston, which, you know, that's an impressive lineup, even with the, there being quite a few injuries when we did face them. But yeah, I mean, like, as you've said, in that stretch, he hasn't really been tested. He did face the New York Yankees back when we played them on the road. Uh, it's the April 12th game. He only made it five innings that game. Um, he gave up four earned runs, but six runs overall and four walks. So that was kind of before. Um, he went on that big stretch. He had a, a few more games there. And then after the Boston game where he didn't really do so well um, is where things really took off when he did start facing that bit of um, the lesser competition. So um, obviously I think he's a very different pitcher from April 12th. I think this will be a very good test for him. I think he's up for the challenge, but you know, I don't want to get too high on 
him, you know, saying, oh, I think he's going to throw a complete game. But also, we know the rules about talking about Lucas Giolito on White Sox Twitter. Can't get too down on him either. Um, everything has to be all nice and rosy there. So, I mean, I think he he for sure has the best chance to take this series to uh, like two wins to start off the bat. You know, we'll see if it's another one of his miraculous starts that he's been having on this run. Um, you know, we all would love to see that. Obviously, I guess time will tell. We'll see. So um, that, that's what I have about that. Yeah. I mean, I think that there, if there's a game where he kind of runs into a little bit of trouble, um, this is going to be it right here. Um, I'm just, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's the Yankees, man. Uh, I think we both kind of touched on this and, and danced around it a little bit, but if there's a game where he's going to get tested, if there's a game where we might not see that absolute domination that we've seen over this run, it, it could come right here. The good news is, is the White Sox love to give him run support. So if that trend continues and Giolito can hold them down to four or under, again, I think the White Sox have a great chance to win this ball game. Uh, I'm I'm going out on a limb here. I think this is going to be a win. I don't know if it's going to be the the best Lucas Giolito start that we've seen all year, but I think the Sox will be able to pull this one out and, and take 2-0. Um, but that's just my thoughts on it. I think we're going to have a, a good pitching matchup. There's going to be some runs scored, uh, maybe more than you're accustomed to in a Lucas Giolito start. But this should be a ball game that the White Sox, like we said, have a good chance to win here um, heading into this weekend. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, as we said, I do think that I do think that Lucas Giolito will be tested, uh, but I, I think he's going to pass that test. I think we're going to get to two and zero heading into the weekend on the right foot, um, hoping to celebrate some more wins the rest of the series before um, you know we continue this rough stretch of games. So, other than that, I'm ready to get into picks to click. Are you? That's exactly where we're going to close it out with here. So, who you got? Um, so if Wellington Castillo plays, I'm going to go with Wellington Castillo. Um, you would think maybe with CC Sabathia out there, um, and Yonder's questionable history against him and, you know, with just how bad Yonder's been lately, of course, he had another rough night tonight. Um, I'll go with Wellington Castillo if he plays, um, you know, if he does not play, then... I'm going to just go with the wild card here. Maybe I'll go with Yolmer Sanchez because why not? Um, there you but go. I, I do think that I do think that Wellington Castillo will play. Um, so, I mean, if not, then, you know, that's who I'll go with. What about you? I'm going to go and take Eloy Jimenez. Um, tried the Jose Abreu experiment tonight. Jose was hitting the ball well. Uh, a lot of things jumping off of his bat. Uh, but I don't like going the back-to-back. And I feel like Jose is too safe of a pick. Um, let's go Eloy Jimenez. Hopefully he's got some protection in there that's not Yonder tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. That did not work out well. I mean, it was great that he was able to you know, take his walks when they were there. But was not able to hit another absolute bomb tonight, unfortunately. But, you know, there's plenty of games left. I want to see some of those at Wrigley. I don't know about you. Uh, oh, in that yes. upcoming series, let's hit. Let's hit. Let's have like four or five on a Waveland or whatever. I don't oh, know. Yeah. If there's somebody who's got the power to do it, it's Eloy. Well, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> we're gonna keep dreaming about that. That's a that's a good happy thought to go to bed with tonight. Um, that's all I've got for tonight, Andrew. Again, always a pleasure talking to you about a White Sox winner. We've done our fair share of losses together. It's good to talk about a win. Um, it's always fun. 
to talk about a win with anybody, but I especially enjoy talking about one with you after some of the rough ones that we talked about. So more of these to come. Hopefully we get to talk about some more wins in the very near future. Um, that's all I've got, man. Let's go White Sox. Right back at you, man. Love doing these with you after a dub. Let's go White Sox.